In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey guys, you're listening to the 6D Kickstart Podcast. It is the Monday after the uh, Arlington Supercross Triple Crown. I'm Don Maeda, and uh, I'm going to step out because I'm so upset about losing Cooper Webb and uh, Adam Cincerillo in the 450 class that I, I just can't even sit here and talk about it. So I'm handing over to Dominic Gayton, uh, who is joined by Chase Curtis and Michael Antonovich on the phone. See, my actually, I had the flu all last week, and my voice is a little bit froggy. It cuts in and out, kind of like Anton's phone service out there in Podunk, St. Louis, wherever. So uh, without further ado, Antoine, take it away. Sounds good, Don. Actually, and for we have some good news, Cooper Webb is not out. He's back. Said he will be on the line in Atlanta. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, because considering when I went out to the pit area on Saturday night after the race, it did not sound good. All of yeah. KTM pretty much went straight to the hospital to get a check on him and see what was up. And then I was walking uh, back to my car, and I heard from a very reliable source that they were worried that he had a broken pelvis. Oh. So, yeah, to hear that. That's not the issue, and it's just bruised as a big relief. Man, he got lucky. Very. Uh, that's an understatement. Yeah. My uh, my mother-in-law like doesn't watch racing, has never watched Supercross or anything. Right. But my wife was over there at her house watching, and they just kept replaying the crash over and over. And to a person that's never seen this, that's like the most brutal thing that they yeah. could ever imagine is just this kid getting body slammed onto the concrete from like twenty feet up. Oh. Yeah, I had some. I had a good friend in Texas that saw it live. He hadn't been to Supercross in probably 15 years, and he was like, "Dude, I thought that guy was dead." Yeah. Like, I can't believe they actually got up and walked away. He's all, he just landed right on the concrete. They were sitting right by there, and he's like, "I can't believe it. everyone around us was like freaking out." I could only like that's terrible. I could only imagine how bad that feels. Right. Yeah, I was in the press booth, and Mariah and her family wasn't sitting in front of me, and I was looking down when the crash actually happened. But I, I, obviously heard and saw them scream and i looked and i the first thing i saw was him him move kind of to the the side of that landing so when i saw him move i was like oh thank god and then i saw the replay and i was like oh my goodness yeah that was he got off the bike it seemed like at almost the worst part he could have mm-hmm. you know something that i've been thinking of more in the last like year uh really since weston pike's crash and then more so as we've gone on we used to kind of make fun of racers, like if they had their parents or their wives or someone at every race, like, oh, what, you can't go to work by yourself and just, just do a Saturday. Right. But the risk of an injury is so high at this level, at any level, it would be kind of careless of yourself to go to a race with no one there that could take you, take you to the hospital, look exactly. after you, like make sure that something could go on. Dude, just to go out there into the wild completely alone is kind of just risky in every way. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's interesting, though. I've, never, I've actually never thought about it like that. Yeah, that like sense. to think about what Weston's family had to do so right. fast to get to Paris, mm-hmm. and then, unfortunately, what Brian Moreau's family is currently going through right, right now. Exactly. 
and then you know everything else that goes along with it. I mean, there is no way. It's not like the old days where you're like in distress and the airline will sell you a fifty dollar ticket. Right. So, yeah, but good to hear that Cooper's okay. Uh, as for AC, uh, he'll need to go undergo surgery to repair that broken left collarbone, but he should be back, I would think, before the end of the Supercross season. Just it's right. gone so well, he could make it for the last few, get into race shape a bit, reacclimate himself with the pace of the 450 class, and then get going from there. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't see his crash. Did you? Um, did he do basically the same thing? Dahmer mentioned he maybe got just he nailed the face of the lip instead of going over. Yeah, so where Cooper faded to the left and then got shot off the track, Adam mm-hmm. just kind of went pretty much shoulder first right into the face of the triple. Whew. Yeah, Jimmy Dakotas kind of had the similar thing as well. Right. Yeah, and Jimmy's was pretty brutal. Brayton, I think, must have done the same exact thing, but I didn't mm-hmm. see that one. Dude, I saw Brayton's. He was like doing a side saddle over the finish line. His was oh, crazy. Oh, that was a bad one, yeah. Yeah, yeah he crazy. said he... He said he drug a toe up the finish line. Oh, he right. did. Yeah, he he turned it. It turned into a full blown like you know, can can. And then his last crash of the night was pretty bad too, in that uh, that little six pack or whatever it was, five pack. Mm-hmm. It was a rough day all around for every for a lot of guys. A yeah, lot, a yeah. lot of made a lot of guys really hit the deck. Yeah, and go ahead, Anton. And I would say with that, too, I mean, there's other people that we don't even, like, we haven't seen as many reports about. Uh, Chase Marquier is probably out for a while. He took down Darian Sinai for the last transfer position in the LCQ and then got up with an arm injury. I saw him later in the oh. night. He had a had a sling on his arm. So, I mean, a guy that's a top 12, top 15, 250 main event guy, he's out. Brock Tickle's out now. We don't know how yeah. long he'll be. Dakotas was already hurt, and he was just kind of limping through to get get going and then now he might be out for a while i mean there's this round took a big hit on quite a few people hey did you know what and like the track didn't look that gnarly i i i was really surprised at how rutted that dallas track got because dallas is not known for getting that rutted Mm -hmm. it seemed pretty soft a lot of loose dirt i mean i even heard josh hill on the on how was your weekend this weekend talking about how he's like you come charging after the start on the gas and like he goes, he lost, he goes, it, there's not even a warning. It was just, bam, you're on your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle Cunningham, who lives like 15 minutes away from the stadium, he told me on Friday that they had had a lot of rain. Yeah. So that dirt had been outside, so it stayed softer. But, yeah, Dahmer, you're right. Like, think of years past, like, two of Martin Davalos's worst crashes, you know, a year ago, in the, or two years ago in that first turn. And then um, I think Adam had a crash there, too. That's usually like an ice rink there. But mm-hmm. it had a lot of traction this year. A lot of traction last year, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. if any of the riders had mentioned anything about the track. I, I thought the track – it's funny. for you know we made we, At this year's Phoenix, the Triple Crown at Phoenix, we kind of blamed the track being the reason why the Triple Crown wasn't as exciting. Mm-hmm. This round was completely different. I yep. mean, there was racing from the first gate drop. It was on. Yeah. Guys mm-hmm. were battling. There was obviously guys crashing. There, there was a lot of action that happened in every single one of those motos. Yeah, the top three guys in the 450 class seemed pretty ticked off about the dragons back, at least. They said how usually there's three, four whoops in one, and this one had five whoops, and then uh, the fifth one was quite a bit shorter than all the rest. So it was really hard for them to not miss that last one. So I know that, that was a big thing that they were all pretty upset with. 
Mm-hmm. And then that fourth one, the next to last one got chewed out really bad because that's where mm-hmm. everybody would gas it to hop over. Mm-hmm. And so then you have that and then you get kicked a little bit differently because it's all beat up. Yeah, it's kind of just a recipe for disaster in those spots. A lot of other areas, though, it didn't seem that gnarly. Like, yeah. for how long those whoops were, no carnage there. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, no uh, I mean, really, Jason... Yeah, Jordan, or, there was a couple little tip over, but nothing. No one got pile-driven to those whoops at right. all. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I was pretty worried about when I saw, like, 200 feet of whoops. I'm like, right. dude, somebody's <laughs> getting carted out today. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, I was glad to see that. I, that was, like, old-school 04, 05, 06-style tracks right there. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is Ricky posted a video of uh, him taking out a flagger at Arlington years ago, that race that he hit the boat in the whoops. Yeah. And ever since he posted that, I was like, dude, somebody's getting mowed down this weekend. <laughs> like, I just got a feeling. And I made sure not to go by the whoops just for that reason because it would happen to me. And I had two bikes, like, land at my feet in crashes already. So I'm like, I'm staying the hell away. <laughs> so then that meta got pile-driven, and I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm all glad that that was not me this time. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. I mean, that was, I mean, luck, good thing with him, the the Alpine Stars meta guy, or or obviously Al Ombre didn't get hurt, but that was kind of, it was kind of funny that you could see them both just like stand up, like, look, they were, like, holding each other, like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> you know, that was... That, you know, the good on Jason, you know, I mean, I'm sure he probably, he was probably like, oh my God, I just killed this guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and just like an eventful day for Jason, you know, yeah. I mean, good riding and everything like that had the win up until the last few minutes of that last race. So kind of turning things around after an, a two week stretch that wasn't very good, San Diego and Tampa. Um, so yeah, Hey boys, let's talk about the racing. Cause there yeah. is a lot from the results to talk about Dahmer Chase you want to start 250 class or 450 class 250 250 yeah it's 250 okay uh yeah what did you think three different winners in the triple crown so that definitely delivered um who was the most impressive of Chase Sexton Shane McElrath and RJ Hampshire for you guys well dude first off RJ Hampshire's not messing around no not at all I mean RJ Hampshire is probably not going to have any more friends left in on the gate (laughs) pretty soon here which hey but at the same time he's he's it's racing, you know. Yeah, I think uh, R.J. Hampshire. I mean, he he ran it in there aggressively, you know. Uh, but and he did it a couple people, you know. But yeah. he, I mean, and he, he obviously he said in the thing like, well, he said he he had a little payback. Yeah. But uh, hey, that's and they're both seem to be cool. This is how we're gonna race. This is how we're gonna do it, you know. But one thing I I will say, it didn't look like he really touched Smith in that last one. No. He yeah, was that like, one was weird. It was really weird, for, and especially for Smith to get up and obviously look like he he was hurting at that point, and then roll around. That was that was interesting. Uh, I would say with that Sexton one, those two guys when they were teammates at Geico last year, uh-huh. um, Chase really had the bigger influence on how that bike was set up. Right. Probably sometimes to RJ's displeasure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were instances, especially late in the year, where Chase had parts that RJ didn't, and it caused a big rift. And especially as RJ was leaving, he really didn't seem to care. Yeah. So with that one, I could see a little bit of extra spice on that. Mm-hmm. And after a not great Tampa, RJ really has to he has to race for every position he can unless he's going to lose the championship. Like, it's right. win or bust from here on out for him. Yeah. No, I'm not against it. I like it. I like the battling. I I think Chase though surprised me the most. I think he he looked really really good this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, no booing, so I I yeah. did take note of that. <laughs> yeah, I saw a, 
I saw the tweet from Villeman actually after the race on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I would say probably the most ex- the most impressive of the three for me uh, would be McElrath. You know, he did yeah. really really well in that last one. He was quick pretty much all day and and has been solid. Um, and even when he won that last one, he knew like yeah that wasn't enough. Like Chase had been steady enough with two one two finishes that he's just like this is a good way to end the night. But I know I'm not going to get the overall win. Mm-hmm. All right. What about outside of the top three? Who impressed you guys? Uh, Joey Crown and yeah. I, I would honestly say the fact that Club MX had guys going from what is it six, seven, eight. I don't think anybody expected that no. at any point in the season. With That's... Josh Hill being the top guy, and then Joey Crown and Enzo, and then Lopes. even Enzo getting yeah. in on that last one too. Yeah, that's what I, I was. We were talking about a little bit earlier, and I'm like, I don't know what they're putting in the water down there at Club MX, but <laughs> those, those guys are on it, yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. And if those of you out there that uh, go follow Club MX on Instagram, I mean, they're that place looks like paradise. Oh yeah, I, I I see their tracks and they set them up and they're getting a ride, and I'm like, man, that place looks like it would be so amazing to go ride at. Yeah, maybe it is just what Josh has been saying. Maybe it's just that place is so amazing it makes these guys want to ride and race harder. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get really good down there for the next few weeks because Justin Hill's there, Josh is there, Brayton's there. There's quite a few oh, guys okay. that's really going to up the intensity of that program. So you'll see a lot of a lot of speed from these guys in the next few weeks. Yeah, I was. I mean, it was great. I mean, Josh Hill even led the little of that one race, and mm-hmm. Joey Crown. Joey Crown was really impressive. He yep. he, you know, uh, who was it that kind of got him? He passed him back. Uh, that was. Was it J Mart? Uh, it might have been, been, yeah, yeah. It yeah I mean, sex. he he held his ground. You know, yeah. he wasn't he wasn't just letting it go. He he fought. So that was that was good to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, the, that Club MX still team is good. That's real good. And like Crown has been kind of hot and cold for the last few years. Like people have heard of him, but it's been good and bad, mixed results and right. stuff like that. So for him to put three together like that on Saturday night was good. It'll show that hey, you know, he he's a guy to keep an eye on, and maybe. Next year or two years from now, he could be one of those guys on a satellite team. Right. Totally. Yep. Uh, and for Lopes, you know, Lopes really doesn't have a huge list of Supercross experience. So for him to come in and put in results like this is good because when I saw him in November last year, he really didn't know what he was going to do. So to right. do a top 10 finish and a triple crown on a good team, that's a big thing for Enzo. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that team finished 6th, 7th, and 8th. I mean, yeah. that, that's, that's huge. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um. Kind of a, I would say, quiet night for Jeremy Martin and Marchbanks, but those guys, you know, were close to it every night. Uh, Marchbanks has been solid, I think, mm-hmm. pretty faster than anybody really expected. And right. J-Mart, he's really turning into a good Supercross rider. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I mean, that's weird to say, considering he's won <laughs> races in the past, but, like, yeah. it's been hit and miss. I'm looking forward to seeing J-Mart. I, I mean, I'll, I'll throw it out there right now. I see J-Mart winning Daytona. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. even think about that. That'd you know, be a good one. I, I think Jay Marto will get his win at Daytona over these guys. Yeah, but uh, going further down the list, ninth place, Jalik Swole. So much better after weekend. not making the main event at Tampa, back and get a ninth, uh, and for your first race to be a triple crown, that's got to be hectic. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah he did yeah. good. Joe Shimoda too, another rookie right there at tenth. Those two guys, you know, that's good for both of those rookie guys getting the top ten like that. I will say, and I, Joe, think, I think Don agrees. I think we both expected uh, Joe to be a little bit further up there, though. 
Uh, yeah, but also Joe probably had a whole life flash before his eyes at one point in, in practice on Saturday, so I could see him backing down. Okay. Uh, it was during, I want to say the free practice, he was going through the whoops and got like three quarters of the way down, and then the bike kind of kicked and shot him to the right, Ooh. and he went into incoming lane of traffic and like jumped a, one of the jumps in reverse, and like Ooh. he was so lucky that a rider wasn't coming on where he would have just like ran headfirst into a dude and destroyed everybody. Jeez. So yeah, Joe had reason to kind of back it down a little bit there. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It was when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> yeah, and then I think poor so, uh, poor Jordan Smith, PC team. Oh, he he yeah. was he was living a groundhog day. That mm-hmm. guy. I, I've. I mean, he he got punted. He punted himself. I mean, everything that could go wrong got went wrong for that poor guy. Yeah, he might have mm-hmm. had the most TV time. Just unfortunately because he was on the ground the most. Mm-hmm. Respect. He had that big one with Jace Owen at the finish line. Yeah. But respect for him for getting up. I mean, the visor was busted. His bike was all tweaked. But he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I just got to finish this thing. I got. I know that I need to put some results in if I'm going to maintain any type of finish tonight. Yeah, and then even after that, he went down on the whoops, and he probably spent like two minutes trying to kick his bike over and still mm-hmm. finished. Yeah, Jace Owens <laughs> was not happy about that no. uh, encounter at all. No, and especially for a guy like him and Kyle Peters, uh, them being in this series is really of no benefit right now. Right. They both have arena cross things that they're worried on, and the fact that Kyle gets hurt really doesn't know the status of his injury right now and how this is going to play out because the next two weekends are the last two arena cross races for him, and he's running that championship. Oof. If he's hurt, he could have just lost a lot of points and a lot of money. Oof. Yeah. Uh, Dahmer, Chase, you guys were had way better vantage points than I did, right. not seeing anything on the track. What else caught your eye in the 250 class? Um, nothing really caught my eye. I'm. It seemed like everyone, I mean, obviously, the thing that caught my eye, but McElrath and Chase Sexton seem to be just a little bit in another, there's another little level those guys are on. Right. And it seems like Jeremy Martin could be a guy to get in that level, or obviously R.J. Hampshire, uh, they there's they're almost there, but those two guys really seem to be the standouts. I, th- I think the title, unless something happens, hopefully knock on wood to either one of them, those two guys are going to be the title contenders for this East Coast title. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, and like I said, somebody else could some could could take a bit. R.J. Hampshire, like I said, Jeremy Martin, maybe Daytona, but I think those two guys are the cream of the crop of that East Coast. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shane Shane impressed me quite a bit in that. Uh, that longer rhythm section parallel to the whoops, they were doing that quad. They were jumping over that, that table. Mm-hmm. And I think Shane was the guy hitting it almost every single lap. A lot of guys were just kind of slowing up a little bit and just doing the on-off because it wasn't that much, that costly. But, yeah, he, he seemed to have that rhythm line down and the other ones too. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think, like I agree with you, Dahmer, I think it's going to really be – Sexton or McElrath to be in the title for this one uh, because I mean it's still early but there's only you know six races left and yeah. so I could like you said see Jeremy Martin really making a run on things at Daytona Atlanta will be a big telling point of what happens from here on out because that's a for whatever reason there's certain races that guys go to and they're like yeah this is a good one and Atlanta is an important one on the schedule for everybody especially in the 250 class like everybody views that as their home race they want to do well at that one uh, so I think that we're going to see a lot of bar banging this weekend, like probably even more than we have in the past two. Okay. Um, and then 
but yeah, it's for a guy like Hampshire, he's down 11 points right now, and that's a big number to be down already. Yeah. So, um, anything else, boys? Uh, I got nothing on 250, really. No. Yeah. Um, a couple people that were missing, like we said, Dakotas was out with he got injured earlier in the day. Uh, Cedric Subaros is part of a Husky team, Team ERM Mun Racing, that's over here for a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, he was absent this weekend because he was racing the last round of the UK Arena Cross Series, but he'll be back from here on out. So that's another guy that you could slot into, you know, right around the top ten mix going forward. So that'll make things interesting. A uh, lot of new names that missed. Tampa were in the running order. Guys like uh, Lacercio, uh Dustin Winter, dudes like that. Uh, and feel bad for Michael Lindsay, who saw neither of his guys make it to the main event. So right. I know Michael was struggling on Friday or on Saturday, but I think everybody's ready to turn it around for those last few for him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, with the 250 class wrapped up, let's take a commercial break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the 450 class and everything else we saw in Texas. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Bo Hahn, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, Being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the Action Sports Special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. All right, welcome back to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast on Swap Moto Live. We're going to recap the 450 class at the Arlington Supercross. So, yeah, Dom or Chase, what did you guys think of those three main events for the big bikes? Wow, a lot going on. Yeah, you know, we, <laughs> we were talking to, the, like, Kenny, obviously, with that first main event. You know, we're like, whoa, is Kenny's Mr. Triple Crown. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Right? Is Kenny going to win all three again? Just do it. And he looked very solid that first main. But then, obviously, second main, you know, we don't know what happened. He kind of, he even admitted, I don't know what happened. He didn't feel that comfortable that second moto. And he, obviously, we saw him fade through the pack. You know, that was a little surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, 
what I I don't remember. I didn't really see it. What happened with Tomac to get fifth in the first one? He, he was he back. Just had a bad start. Yeah, yeah, he was way back in the yeah. pack. He was way okay. back. He just ran out of time. Okay. Yeah. Um. So for good for Eli. I mean, yeah. first race with the red plate, and then he puts together two like big wins in the races two and three. So especially there too with the Zalone mm-hmm. in recent years. So. Yeah, so I think that that really could be a sign of the championship to come. Like, if he gets right. on a tear, especially at Daytona, it's going to get interesting. Yeah, and then, Anton, um, you had mentioned it earlier, but good for Anderson. Like, even mm-hmm. though the last couple of minutes of that last main didn't go his way, he uh, he looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was on pace to have, like, the best improved riding, 3-2-1. Right. I mean, it's hard to beat that score. Uh, right. And that's big consistency when the other two guys that are in for the title are kind of trying to overcome their own issues. So that was good for Jason. Mm-hmm. He looked, he, it was good. It, it was almost like the Jason from, you know, a year ago or when he, two years ago when he won the title, like he looked, he, he kind of, you know, his typical, he looks like he's hanging it out style, mm-hmm. you know, that he has. I mean, I was telling Chase, I go, did you see him doing that section where he was, he would double up and manual the backside. He was manualing that one gym. Nobody did that the yeah. entire day. It was sick. It was way faster. But I mean, I think a guy kind of like him, he's kind of tall or lanky. He was, you know, obviously someone uh, someone shorter couldn't do it, but he he did it consistently, lap mm-hmm. after lap, and it was fast over. It was pretty cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he rode press day. Him, Dean Wilson, Zach Osborne did, and so we always hear a lot about people like, does it really benefit? But like Don and I and Chase, you've agreed too. It's only a benefit because you get the track figured out pretty fast in those first three laps of free practice and everything else kind of goes on from there. Yeah. Uh, I thought Jason was going to be as good as he was just because his riding style, like a hard pack track, like Dallas tends to work well together. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was good for him and Barsha solid yeah. four, five, four scores kind of putting the train back on the tracks after a little bit of a tough streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Barsha was good. I was, I was, I was surprised. I'm like, well, he got fourth, but yet he wasn't really part of the battles in no. either one of those main events though. You know, mm-hmm. but I mean, obviously the way the triple crown works, you know, it's the three motos that you kind of, you know, you don't really, it's, it's, it's not even, you don't have to win or get top podium in one of the main motos to even get on, you know, a good finish. So, but very consistent. I mean, Hey, he's, he's, he's going for the title. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk have about, you... go ahead. Go ahead, Trace. Okay. I was going to say, let's talk about Hill. Cause even that was big press day. He looked great except for his mishap where he lost his visor. But uh, for him to go out, get fastest qualifier, and then even with his, his two tucks in those corners, he still charged back through the pack. Like, he he looked really good. That was big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I was surprised. I was really mm-hmm. surprised. I figured that Justin, like, after Tampa, and he had been building over the last few weeks, like, everything was going well. Uh, but then to put it together the way he did in qualifying both times, I was like, wow, that that's impressive. Only yeah. guy to go 45 seconds in the main or in qualifying. That's big. You know, yeah. when you're faster than anybody and you're the only guy to be in like a certain time bracket, yep. that's a huge confidence boost going into the night for these dudes. Yeah. I think Justin Hill is, is he's almost there. He's clearly got the speed. I mean, we've seen him toward the top, you know, obviously winning the qualifiers and he's been near the top, but it's just that, you know, qualifying is one thing. Racing is a whole nother deal. And, mm-hmm. and he's, just like you said, he has had a couple little just mistakes that happen that you you just can't do in those races, and he'll get it figured out. He'll he'll get it. He'll get it done. I I I see we're gonna see Justin Hill on the podium here pretty soon. Here, yep. I I would kind of go on a limb and say he wins race one. Has he not get run into by Jason? Okay. 
You know, he I, he was going forward. He had the yeah. pace. I think that that was going to be the way he was like, I have all this confidence and momentum of qualifying. Let's make a real serious push at it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and set the tone early. But yeah, uh, good good ride for Justin. So it'll be good. And like I said earlier, he's down in uh, North Carolina now, so he's riding with a lot more guys instead of just the same small crew in California. Right. With his brother too, and I, I almost mm. wonder if having his brother back at the races has been another little, little boost for him. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see after these couple weeks of him riding down there with him throughout the week how he performs. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase, uh, Malcolm, or Chase Dahmer, did you guys either of you watch like how was your weekend with Malcolm? Did you pay attention to that? I did. Do you notice that he really does not like these triple crowns and he kind of dreads them? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I would I would put him as more of a favorite for these triple crowns. You know, that's I, I, Malcolm doesn't seem like the sprinter type though. He kind of gets into that groove and then he starts coming through. You know, and I think maybe he mm-hmm. needs I, I don't know because you those I don't these triple crowns are intense. I mean that gate drops. It's you. There's no figuring it out. You got to drop the hammer and go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he doesn't like the high risk involved. Like as right. a guy that's crashed so much, I think that he's like, dude, why why you take another risk? Like he's good in the ten minutes. You know, and he yeah. showed at Tampa last week that he has 15-minute pace and all that other stuff. But I really think he looks at that like that's three more chances for me to, like, stack it up and hurt this whole make-every-race-in-the-season yeah. outlook that he has right now. Well, dude, I when, think, you're, when you're not a good starter and now you've mm-hmm. got to do three starts, you know? Yeah. You know, if he's not mentally ready to like, do the starts, I mean, that that's a big that's a big part of it right there. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you're on it, Anton, with that because – I mean, I told Don and uh, Dahmer at lunch, the first main, he looked really, really good those first couple laps. And then uh, he, I just saw him go through the whoops a little little sketchy, and I think he got scared because every lap after that, he was jumping through them. And that's when he mm-hmm. started dropping and dropping because he was like one of the first guys to start jumping through them. So I think mm-hmm. he definitely, I think the nerves were a little uh, getting to him a little bit more this weekend. Hey, Dauber, on that point you said about his starts not being that good, like that's been a big talking point pretty much all offseason going into this. Like his starts in Paris were not that good. Starts in Geneva were terrible. Starts at the first few Supercrosses weren't that good. And for a guy like Tony Alessi who raised a kid that's like the whole shot master, that's something right. that he knows how to figure out. They were way better in races two and three. Like Malcolm mm-hmm. was top three, top five in races two and three. So he showed that like he can get that figured out. Yeah, yeah, and he—I think he mentioned that in "How Was Your Weekend" too. That hey, I, I've I've got the start thing starting to get it figured out, you know. So yeah, hopefully he hopefully you keeps keeps practicing and keeps using that in these next rounds. He we see him more in the front. I mean, you, you, that class is so stacked; it's yeah. so hard to come through the pack in that class. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron Plessinger, uh, this is going to sound like kind of rude of me. I didn't really notice anything about it. You know, mm-hmm. like I was just on the floor, so I didn't really see him making big waves did they show a lot of stuff that maybe i missed no no you really didn't see him at all i don't think on tv yeah yeah i think they showed but, him a couple times and that was it but eighth place finish so yeah. that's good nine yeah. ten seven especially that last race that shows that aaron's got that top five top seven pace that he had at this time last year before he got hurt mm-hmm. atlanta was a great race for him that was a triple crown uh last year i think so like in all these ways it's all or no that was a shootout sorry so in all these ways, things are coming together for Aaron. I think, especially yeah. as we get to Daytona, this could be like his turning point of the season to really break through that ceiling. Right. Because quiet rides, not really a lot of pizzazz, but he's just kind of putting in the work and making steady progress week after week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and then and then the other guy we kind of mowed over, and and I mean he the warrior himself, and he even led some of that last mate was Zach Osborne. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And big big rides for Zach because hey, it wasn't going that well a few weeks ago. Like mm-hmm. he was in a bad slump. He his season hadn't started that great. Uh, was sick, you know, not riding good. Some big some weird crashes all on his own. So to go four three in those last two was big for him. And I think that we're gonna see, especially as we go east coast, Zach start to make more and more progress. Yeah. yeah. Another guy another guy who you watch will probably do I probably guarantee do really good at Daytona. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um do they show a lot of Dean? Because uh, he started the day quite well and then no. they, I don't know really what happened. They showed but, his crash in the whoops and I wanna say that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, because uh, he was fastest guy in free practice, so he was riding well oh, right okay. off the bat. Wow. Yeah, I think he would have finished a lot farther up. Um, except obviously he had a couple little mishaps that that obviously derailed that. But yeah, he's Dino's getting stronger and stronger each round. He's definitely seen some some improvement. Mm-hmm. You can tell just being around like the truck and all that stuff. Dean's demeanor is really good right now. Like he's okay. happy to be there. He's having a good time. Um, He's just happy to be out there, and I think that that's really helping. Like him and Sarah don't seem to get too spun out if the results aren't great in one race or another, and that's good for him. He doesn't need to kind of live and die by the sword every single week. Yeah. Yeah. Blake looked good. He just seemed uh, just little mistakes Mm -hmm. quite a bit. So. Yeah, and probably not a lot of riding. That was probably some of his first laps since last Saturday's crash in Tampa, so Mm -hmm. probably just kind of easing back into it. Yeah. So... Uh, Vince Freeze has been good. Vince is kind of frustrated right now. He's been frustrated for the last few weeks because he expected way more of himself, and I think a lot of other people did this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then had a good start. His starts had been kind of iffy there for a few weeks, and then ran the pace with Malcolm and Hill for a bit. So he sees like, hey, I can do this. Um, I think Freeze is wanting to get to that next point, and you know now that some guys are out, that does open up a chance for him to place in the top ten. True. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, we talked about Cooper Webb's crash, uh, yeah. but crash aside, riding was, was good. Really Cooper's good. really eager to get to these East Coast races, and he was really spicy in that first one. Yeah, that first one I was I was almost thinking it might have ended up how uh, last year's race ended up, just with how they started. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, he looked good on the bike. It's a bummer that he had to end his night shortly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that he's he's not. I was thinking like, there it is, it's over. He's mm-hmm. out for the rest of the year. But because yeah, he has been. I mean, he, like even him with the like chasing with the bike. I've watched him and like him and his bike just looks so wild. Okay, um, so yeah, going further down the list, Chad Reed, twelfth, uh, thirteenth place overall. Probably not where Chad wants to be, but it seems like he was way happier with his riding than he has been in weeks past. Yeah, not quite. He was probably the guy happiest with the long whoops. <laughs> Yeah right. I was yeah I was really surprised. You know, real quick before we get to it, but the, speaking of the whoops specifically, I was really surprised to see how many dudes started jumping those whoops like they did. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously it's the safer way to go about it. Um, I don't know if it was the fastest because I saw guys like Justin Hill, Tomac. They were just blitzing, and clearly that was faster. Although I think Malcolm in two hundred yards hit the landed like twice maybe because he was literally yeah. jumping the entire and he was like section. whipping i don't know if it was on purpose but he <laughs> looked like he was like scrubbing through them too totally <laughs> he was just i mean usually guys might triple i think he was quad four or five whoops at one time he was just sending it which is funny because obviously 
Malcolm, as we said earlier, he probably walked into the stadium and saw the long whoops and just started salivating, you know. <laughs> and and yet for him to start jumping instead of just you know laying back and letting that thing eat and, and get on top of him, I thought for sure I'm like, oh, Malcolm's going to be so fast through these whoops, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that just shows you, like I said, back to what we said about the rain that happened, the dirt being soft. They clearly, I mean, they broke down bad. You could see there was like massive one line right right through oh, yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's pretty standard. There's a kind of a theory going on right now that no matter what we do to build whoops or how you build them or how many you build or whatever, like inevitably you are going to have to start jumping them just because of the power ratio of a 450. You know what I mean? Like they just think that they're going to get so chewed up that those skim across the tops of them in the two stroke days isn't really going to be the thing that it used to be. No, Mm. no. And that's just like another one of those ways that like riding style and technique changes with his, with time. Yeah. Yep. 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 But yeah, for Reed, uh, that was good. Aside from the only bad incident he had, him and Brayton came together at the end of the whoops at free practice, and that was a little bit of like a a run in between two guys that are really really good in them. I just caught the end of it, so it sounds like one guy was checked up in the corner, and the other guy was still like full speed at the end of the rollers, and just oh. bam, and that's what you get. So yeah, uh, going further down the list, Ryan Brees, a good good pick up for the hep suzuki guys you know with yeah. max ancy getting hurt getting breeze has been a, a nice addition he's been in the main events kind of more often than not uh good top 15 guy just to have on deck same for chisholm you know still out there doing it his own way always there same for bowers i mean yeah, you're, we're into this we're into this point in the year where those guys that are always in the main events are right there in the positions that they're always in and which is good you know you have the, the guys that are always staples of supercross mm-hmm it's got to yep. be a frustrating night for Davalos, though. I mean, he looked good. He, I think, was the only guy, aside from Tomac, doing that uh, triple in, quad onto the table rhythm in that long lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, obviously just had his little mistakes. Yeah, he's another guy. And, he's another guy that, like I said, just looks solid and fast. I'm like, wow, look at Davalos on the yeah, gas. Right. And then, and then the races come, and just bad things happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, third place in qualifying, and that's big. That's a huge, huge statement in a class that's as competitive as that, and he's been top qualifier in one session already this year. So, like, Martin has the speed. It's just kind of keeping things together for the whole duration of the race. Right, yeah. And that's always kind of been Martin's deal. But, you know, it's part of it. Everybody has their their pros and cons. Right. Um, Frustrating. Brain. He had a couple get-offs. Yeah. A couple bad ones. And then to go 21-21 in the last races, too. I mean, yeah. that was a big knock, especially for a guy that's won triple crowns in the past. Uh-huh. Yeah, I saw his comment on his Instagram of something like, like I think he's like, I've crashed more today than I've probably crashed in the last two years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And hard ones, too. Like, uh-huh. not just like tip-overs, like full-body slams. Yeah, you know, I'm telling you, go on his Instagram and the, he has the video posted of the, the finish, finish line one. one. Yeah. I mean, he got slammed. He got body slammed. He is lucky that he's all right from that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like he said, that's not a guy that's known for crashes. But when no. he does crash, he stacks it up heavy and somehow walks away like fairly unscathed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cool thing for him, he rode out with his daughter in opening ceremonies, which has kind of been like the new trend for uh-huh. guys like dads of Supercross. But it was cool in the Honda pit. He had her all kitted up in some fly racing gear and then rode her out. And then she rode in the Stasic race later yep. that night. So yep. 
cool deal for Brayton. Uh, he kind of sees, yeah, racing is important, but have these moments with your kids because he spent so much time away from him in the first part of the year that he, you know, he's he's a dad. He's a dad first and a racer second. He wants to make, make sure that they get all the experiences they can with him. And, yeah, like we said, Tickle hurt in the first one, that so out for the last three. Um, that is that, that is just such a freak accident, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I happened to see it. Where did and he crash? It was that that long rhythm lane with the quad in it. Uh, another one mm-hmm. of the Suzuki riders just landed right on his hand and tickled. It was it was the weirdest thing. He he lands on his feet and he just immediately just starts walking. And he left his bike and just walked all the way out of the stadium holding his arm. He knew already. So he knew as soon as as soon as it happened. So bummer deal for sure. Mm-hmm. It was like when Barsha got hurt at Dallas a couple exactly. years ago too. Like. Got hurt, knew it was over, walked right off. Exactly, just like that. Yep. Yep. Uh, hey, two guys we kind of passed right over, but totally worthy of mentioning. Uh, James Weeks and Ronnie Stewart. Yeah, 19th and 20th in the results, but good finishes for these guys. Ronnie's only been racing again for, this is the second round. James Weeks, this was a big first privateer, uh, I mean, in the main event, like because he really does full privateer setup. Mm-hmm. So good for those guys. Anybody that can make a main event is a legit dude. Especially these triple triple crown formats, like uh, yeah. those LCQs are. Yeah, and like James Weeks looking. was good in that LCQ earlier. I saw him; he was yeah. on the gas. Really good, really good. Yeah, he looked solid. I was like, "Wow, look at this guy!" Yeah, that's that's good for him. That's good. And that's like the cool thing about racing is there's always something about one of these guys that you can take note of and be like, "Yeah, that guy is like super gritty, or he can put it together when exactly. he needs to, and and make things exciting." So good on those dudes. You'll see them from here on out i think especially as the field kind of takes some dings with mm-hmm. injuries now is the time that we start to see those guys that haven't made a lot of main events this year get in the mix and scrap it out for like 15th through 22nd and right. that those are always the best battles like if you're at a right. race watch 15th through 22nd because those dudes are going for it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh anything else to call your guys attention this weekend it was kind of chaos uh you know, AT&T Stadium, if anybody's ever been there, it's a beautiful place, but it's hard to get in and out of. Uh, and then I was kind of stuck in the photo den and then in the track for most of the day. Chase, you were a little bit more mobile than me, even though you're on crutches. Yeah. And then Dauber, you got to watch it all from your house. So was there anything else that caught your eye that we got to talk about? Mm-hmm. The, the, I, I, will, I do want to talk about this. I mean, Eli Tomac, everyone better watch out. Yep. Yeah, he those those last that those last mains, especially the very last one. I mean, he looks solid. His bike, his setup, the way he's riding. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's starting to get that Tomac train going. Mm-hmm. So I, I I really hope Cooper is okay enough to be in there. Barsha, uh, Anderson, Roxon, these guys need to really stay on it or else we're going to see a Tomac run away. Right. Especially, mm-hmm. I mean, even the little things like that last main, he, uh, just the way he was able to pivot his bike left after that finish line to make the first pass, like, it just didn't seem like it was uh, possible. It was just so odd to watch how how well he cut that turn, but uh, yeah, I think it's, it's starting to get uh, a little dangerous for the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. The one thing I notice when I watch him standing on the track, so from you know a few feet away, he is locked in. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. does not make a lot of unnecessary movements. He doesn't put the bike anywhere it needs to be. 
you know, he, he does exactly what he should do. When he corners, especially, he is like in an attack position, almost mm-hmm. kind of like a MotoGP guy that's just kind of crouched in and just going for it. Uh, he doesn't like break the back end loose or anything like that. Like it's all forward drive momentum all the time. Um, and the fact that, you know, yeah, he only has it's seven points on Ken right now, but that's a pretty impressive number already, you mm-hmm. know, and to have the finishes he has two wins in a row, four wins on the season as he comes into this last part of the year, which is always when he's strongest, it could really get interesting or mm-hmm. not interesting, depending on what your outlook on Tomac is. Yeah, yeah. He's, we're we're definitely in the meat of it now, and and things have, and like I said, I mean that's what his third win, fourth win, fourth win, fourth, fourth win, win. Yeah. yeah, you know, and we're getting obviously Atlanta, Daytona coming. I mean, obviously he's a favorite to take a Daytona win for sure. You know, um, yeah, it's it, these guys. These guys have really got to stay near. Somebody's got to, you know, get up there and mix it with him. You know, I mean, we've seen it in the past. I mean, he can be rattled. It's mm-hmm. not like he. It's not like you're just gonna. Oh, he he's he, he is he faster than probably everyone. Um, arguably, maybe, but but somebody's got to take the book of R.J. Hampshire, run it up in him. Yeah. Something. Somebody's got to rattle his game. Yep. You know, or else or else he's just stronger. He's gonna get him. I think the only guy that would do that is Barsha, too, because they did it in San Diego, and then they had words after it. And mm-hmm. from what Barsha said, Eli doesn't want to race that way. He just wants to pass you. Right. But the thing about him is, like, he's not afraid to send it into somebody. No. His passes that he made on the face of the triple are very, like, yeah. aggressive, cutthroat very. passes. When he passes somebody oh, in a my. turn, he, dude, he leaves you no room dude, to Dude, I'm come so back. glad you brought that up. I can't believe he Con- did that twice. Yeah. He did that to Roxon, he did uh-huh. it to Anderson. Anderson. Yeah. I dude, I I literally rewound my TV because I was like, oh my god, he came off that dragon's back and just cut left. Yeah, just mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. I, I get it. It's a racing. It's racing, right? You you, you got to cut the line. You gotta you gotta hold your. You gotta make the pass. But I mean, that one Roxon Roxon didn't even jump the triple. He no, had to check yeah. up and he even looked back like, holy crap, am I gonna get landed on? I was surprised that. Anderson and Kenny, both of them didn't say anything about it afterwards. They, and they shook his hands. Like that was that was gnarly. I, I think that a guy like Jason understands that. You know, because Jason races dudes just as aggressively. He kind of right. lives and dies by that mantra. And Roxon, he's been on the receiving end of it, but Kenny doesn't really go that way. He doesn't mm-hmm. really stick it in. But I think that at a certain point, pretty soon, he's going to have to get it like, okay, hey, they're just going to kind of bully me around, so I better go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, guy, the two guys that could make it most interesting and get under Tomac's skin are Anderson and Webb, really, because Cooper yeah. has a way of just like breaking dudes. Right. You know, He's done it in the past. He just stays with you and gets going how he feels this weekend. And if he can ride to his potential with a bruised tailbone is going to be really telling on what goes on for the last part of the year. Because I think that there are dudes that can get under Eli's skin, but it's only a handful of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like and Marvin said, was one of them. Right. I mean, look what Marvin did with him before. I mean, he got a little aggressive with him and threw his whole game off, you know, mm-hmm. and somebody's going to have to, you know, do, I mean, even then he comes, he, he even, even the one main, he, you know, he had a terrible start. Mm-hmm. But he just—I mean—he's going so much faster, and he's not afraid yeah. to take other line and make some risk. And he—and he, and he just—and it's funny—he's not even. I watched some of his passes. 
He's not getting aggressive with people and block, like running them up or no. block him. He's just going by them. Yeah, they he they, he does not give anyone like a chance to no. think about what they're gonna do. Yeah, there's no like oh there's Tomac. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. get into this. But he doesn't he doesn't get stuck in these battles that some guys do when they're trying to come to the back. Oh, I got stuck, hung up with so and so in eighth, ninth place, seventh. He's going to the front, and it's before they can even think about putting a move or block or holding their line to block him. He's he's by him. He's yeah. gone. It's almost like they're mm-hmm. like oh he's coming around to lap me already. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like we've said multiple times how this kind of series looks after Daytona is going to be really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I've kind of thought of is it's it's like super unfortunate that guys like Adam are out and that Cooper's not going to be at one hundred percent and things like that. But there are a few dudes that have prepped and all of their offseason work was to peak at this time of year. Justin Hill is one of those dudes. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a kind of a shakeup in the podium from the next few weeks uh i think that that's just kind of obvious i think a, a dude like osborne i think hill i think Baggett on an occasion because he's shown the yes podium speed he just has to do it more than once i think that you're going to see those guys kind of be interchangeable for spots two and three depending on the night yeah and then you have guys like wilson that are going to progress to top five and mm-hmm. where's that regular top five going to go is, is he going to go up or he's going to go down mm-hmm um, yeah, but the big thing is, is, is it's going to get interesting. I think that we're going to see kind of a reset, but then still the same guys in the front spots, but then a couple other characters like get moved up into play. I need to see Justin Hill win a heat race or something. You know why? The only thing I want to see Justin Hill do good because Justin Hill is at least going to be, bring some excitement to the yes. races with some style and throw some fat whips out there or do something like, no, I'm, I'm, I had a conversation with a good friend of mine who like I said, went to the race on Saturday who hadn't been a race in like 15 years. And he's like, you know, and he came from watching the Showtime era, right? So he's like, dude, where, where's, there's like no, there's no showmanship. Nobody's doing anything. <laughs> like, like no one's throwing whips. No one's no, I mean, no one over the finish line. There's nothing. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you're right. It used to just, it used to be a little more exciting. Guys were a little more energetic and I go, they're just, it's so, I think sometimes they're just so locked in. Like we said, they're just so focused and I just got to win. And it's like, well, dude, you, it's, we're here to watch you race and win, but let's have, let's see some excitement too. You know, mm-hmm. it's a show. <laughs> You know? Yeah, it's weird to take like a finish line shot and the dude doesn't even take his hands off the bars. <laughs> right, yeah, it nice. kind of sucks. Like, dude, I was telling Chase earlier. I go, I was, I was stoked that section they had before the finish, that kind of booter tabletop yeah. that was kind of turned. That mm-hmm. that thing was pretty cool. I liked that. That was a that was an obstacle that, that I hadn't really seen like that before. You know, even a lot of guys didn't really do that on the on off section, but you know, everyone pretty much sent it. But that was cool. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like that one photo that I put on Instagram, just hill, huge, fat, no foot, or one yeah. foot whip. That's what that I mean. Awesome. That's what I mean. Yeah, I saw him in the day quad when he was leading. He 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 had already, I think, wrapped it up, and he was going around throwing one footers and doing all kind. You know what I mean? You know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, me as a fan, that that's what I want to see. I want I want to see yeah. some showmanship. I want to see some. You know, I mean, obviously, I want to see good racing. I want to see the best of the best laying it down like they do. You know, but you know, hey, it's a show too. You got to entertain. Yeah. Um, anything else, boys? No, I'm excited for next weekend. Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. I'm excited all, for Atlanta. Atlanta's always a good one. Yep. Always mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it's one of those races that everybody. It's kind of like one of the crown jewel events in the series. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be pretty good. Um, did you see the track map for that yet? No, no I'm not. Dude, 
it's a wall jump into like an end zone length long sand section that even oh, like no. kinks at the end of the at the end of it and then has a another sand, sand corner. section <laughs> dude like the biggest one that they've had probably after tampa oh geez. wow yeah goggle guys gonna love it <laughs> hey yeah hey do they have uh, an over under yes they always do uh and then another thing to talk about Dahmer, i know especially you're getting excited about it we're about six days away from the start of the mxgp season oh man i can't wait for mxgp it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be good maybe that's how we uh launch the midweek podcast later this week Dahmer, as you and i talk mxgp stuff i would love to i'd listen to that love to Let's yeah. do it. Hey, you All know right, what, Dave, Before we go to, we were talking about lunch, and I just want to give a shout-out. We were talking about how some of the gear – like, I'm really stoked to see the gear companies really bringing such different diversity in their looks and everything with all the riders that we've seen from A1 to even this weekend. Right. You know, there's just – everyone's doing. There's been some really cool kits going on. I saw FXR launch their new kit with their 60 helmet, their, that whole look. Um, I, I even like that shift look with that mm-hmm. mustard thing. Malcolm, Malcolm Seven kit was pretty sick. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I've really, it's really caught my eye. You know, I hope, I hope the public's caught it and seen all the different sets of gear that that these manufacturers, or these, um, you know, gear companies are throwing out there. It's really exciting to see. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's good too. Um, it seems like also custom helmets are kind of coming back in certain ways or one way or another. Yeah, yeah, you know, which is good because that went completely stagnant for a while, and mm-hmm. now it's it's back in some ways. Like you know, Barsha has a Troy Lee Designs helmet. Uh, Bell's always pretty good about getting guys and stuff, and then the sixty guys are always cool about letting their riders do whatever they need to do too. Right. right. You know, there's a lot of good wraps and stuff like that that are out there for the sixty guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, it's like I said, it's been really cool to see the 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 gra- the gear companies. <laughs> putting out some really cool really cool stuff I mean, if you're if you're a consumer out there and you're and you you can't find something cool to wear then i don't, I don't know be like hoppa <laughs> wear some jeans and a t-shirt or something i guess <laughs> yeah. kook, all right kook of the day that's right all right boys well hey this was a good one i had a great time talking to you uh let's catch up later in the week thanks for listening to the 60 helmets kickstart podcast anton don't spend it all at magic city i won't <laughs> i won't I haven't had that tax money hit yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. See ya. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 60helmets.com for more info.